an attack. I should have expected to find you holding Vader's leash. I recognized your foul stench when I was brought on board. Too short for a stormtrooper. This is some rescue. Into the garbage, you flyboy. Will somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way? Are you napping? You're braver than I thought. I just assumed it's a Wookiee. I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder. You shouldn't have to do this to impress me. Would it help if I got out and pushed? Being held by you isn't quite enough to get me excited. Bonus episode. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. And you're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian, I am a leftover, and joining me this week... Straight out of England and into your ear pussies, he's a motherfucking Jedi. It's Dan West. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan West is joining us. Bueno, Stacy. All right, and also joining us uh, today is uh, Janine Daling. Janine, welcome. Hello. Uh, we do not, uh, my right hand man, Jake, is not with us today. I got a text earlier today. He said he had the flu. It was a game time decision for him. And then later on, he told me he can't do it. He's not feeling good. So it is the three of us that are going to be talking, uh, today. It's going to be, uh, Star Wars news. All Star Wars news. Um, unless we go down a rabbit hole. Who knows? But, um, I wanted to start off the show, um, you know, talking about the recent passing of Carrie Fisher. Uh, I think we need it to talk about it. In, I mean, as far as celebrity deaths go, I mean, I've, I've been affected, but not to this level. Um, and I found out the news on the 27th uh, at work. I checked my phone. And as soon as I read it that she had passed, it felt like I it felt like somebody like knocked the wind out of me. And yeah, I like being hit by a truck. Yeah, I said, I said I got to I, I got to I got to leave work for a moment, guys. I got I got to get out of here. I got to clear my head. And they, they they were fine with it. They didn't know what was going on. But you know, and I left I left work for a little over an hour. And, uh, I mean, I just, I went to the car and I cried. I mean, I've never f- felt, I've never cried over a, the death of a celebrity to like, to the point where I was at, to tears. And yeah. this just, it hit me because I, I, it carries like, she's just an amazing person. Um, yeah. and, uh, she, she was always in your face, like all the time. I mean, she's not one of these celebrities that is muzzled. She's not worried about 
oh yeah public <laughs> image she's always in your face and she's always saying things whether you agree with it or not she's all she's she had always been a controversial person and i you know of course just like most people i was introduced to her as you know princess leia and then yeah. i found her other yeah. works you know i found you know blues brothers and like when harry met sally and and uh you know wishful drinking and all these other things that she's done but um i i'm going to let you guys take the floor now and and talk a little bit about carrie okay well seeing as i'm on here quite a lot i'll let Jadine go first oh, okay um i mean yeah i saw carrie fisher really for the first time as a little girl watching a new hope um you know my dad had the had the star wars movies on vcr and i wanted to watch them at least once a week and this was i mean she was the first princess who wasn't the damsel in distress she was the first female role model for a young girl who stared darth vader in the face and did not cower she was the first princess to do that she was the first princess to rescue herself and for her to just live her life like that whether it was she was facing addiction or her mental health issues to just live her life staring down whatever was in her face she's been like an icon and you know hashtag #goals for me for as long as i can remember uh, like the whole quote going around about um, how she wanted her obituary to read of that whole story, how how she couldn't wear a bra under that white dress that she wore in A New Hope. Yeah. And it's because George <laughs> Lucas told her, you know, when you go into space, you become weightless and your body expands, but your bra doesn't. So you get strangled by your underwear. And she's like, that's what I want my obituary to read. Tell my friends, no matter how I went out, I drowned in moonlight strangled by my own bra. <laughs> I mean, incredible. How much more of a badass can you be? No, I know it's insane. And like you're saying that you know she stares down Vader and stuff in the film. She's one of the only characters that fucking like squares up to him. Everyone else cowers in his presence, but Leia doesn't. And you know Carrie Fisher is like a huge part of of the character. Obviously, she was written a certain way, but I mean, just doing some digging around and things like that. I knew she was a script doctor for a lot of uh, like massive hits, oh, and yeah. this and that all started in A New Hope. She would like rewrite her lines and things like that. So I'm gonna, well, I say I'm gonna assume we know for a fact that you know she like put a lot of herself into that role. And just like Janine was saying, she was, you know, obviously it's great that we've got you on, on this because you know you can give us the, like the other perspective. Um, but as a guy, like Leia represented not only like an incredibly strong female character for me like as a child you know I, I grew up with strong female characters because of Leia and like because of Ripley and characters like that and um you know like this I mean without sounding weird you know she was what she's the kind of woman that I would want to have in my life and, you know, like, that was, like, very few and far between, like, in a lot of, like, pop culture and media and things like that. And I did actually see that Kevin Smith said that one as well on his, um, I think it was on his Hulu show that he did the spoiler show. He well, hey, I, my show. question yeah. for you is what hasn't Kevin Smith said? Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got it pretty much everything covered. Yeah, I mean, 
He's got yeah, he's got the uh he's got the market cornered on words. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, but he said the same the same thing, you know, like he said that he always wanted he always wanted to marry Princess Leia and then he always wanted to marry Carrie Fisher and but it it inspired him to look for a woman that was like that and he said and I found that woman and that and he married her and that's his wife. And mm. you know, I feel the same way about Kat as well. You know, she's incredibly like strong, independent woman and um Carrie Fisher and Leia are responsible for what I look in, in for in a woman. It's 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 crazy about how deep this sort of um like the inspiration goes from like when we're kids and things like that. But I, I just love the fact that, like you were saying, Brian, that she just had no qualms about telling everyone exactly what she thought. And whether you agreed with her or not, she just didn't care. And, you know, she was just an incredible person. It sounds – I'm not trying to, you know, pat my own back here, but it does sound a little bit like me in a little – you know, in a little way. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I totally learned that from Carrie Fisher. I don't really care what people have to say about me, and I just, yeah. No, I'm not trying to compare myself to her. She's she's an <laughs> icon. She was amazing. She was just, I don't know, man. It's like, I, I would say she's one of my first crushes, and, um, yeah, and, and, and uh, I looked at her in a certain way when I was a child, and then, like, like totally looked at her a different way and I, when I turned, uh, you know, 14, and I watched uh, Return of the Jedi, <laughs> um, <laughs> so. Well, there was an interview. Um, I forget what show she was on, where she said a fan came up to her and he's like, "Oh my God, you're Carrie Fisher! I thought about you every day from when I was 14 to 24." And she goes, "Every day?" And he goes, uh, "Four times a day." <laughs> yeah, and then he asked her to sign his tissues. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was the Graham Norton show because I actually watched that live. <laughs> Did, uh, they didn't Lucas make a sex doll out of her? Didn't it was like a licensed Star Wars doll, and it was I have never heard that. that. I don't know. Yeah, it was during her uh, when she was doing like her stand up routine. Uh, she would actually there was a um they actually lowered this doll onto the stage, and she talked about how a certain fan actually like was lugging this around at a convention and asked her to sign it. And as she's signing it, she knows what this guy did to this oh. doll. So, <laughs> oh, my so, God. Well, she, I mean, it's funny. I mean, it's, 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 it's actually pretty hilarious that she brought it up on stage and, and did her whole stand-up act around that, so... But yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. She just, she doesn't. She never sort of like was repulsed by that kind of thing. You know, people like like you know a million people have said that to her, and she just goes, "Oh yeah, well, that's fine." Right. Yeah, she admitted to actually um, <laughs> sleeping with some Star Wars nerds uh, in one of her books. She talks about it, and uh, these guys that were obsessed with Princess Leia. And she oh actually God. she admitted to sleeping with a few of them. She said she didn't really get a lot out of it, but uh, they did. <laughs> so <laughs> that's very kind of her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh dear. But um, yeah, um, sort of bringing it to, a, a, I mean, an, another sort of side of her that uh, you know we sort of we've only briefly touched on, but something which is incredibly important to me was um, uh, her like mental health. Uh, issues and 
how she would just come out and say to people that she had like the bipolar disorder and stuff. And I only found this out in um, uh, 2006 because she did a documentary with Stephen Fry, which was called The Secret Life of the Manic Depressive. And I saw that um, a year uh, yeah, about a year after I was diagnosed as bipolar. And I've always followed Stephen Fry because he's always been very open and honest about it as well. And he's been a big inspiration for me. But to find out that Carrie Fisher was is the same. Um, and uh, then I would obviously sort of like look at her, like talk, like her interviews and stuff where she's incredibly candid and honest and open about it. And it's just, um, it's, she's just an inspiration uh, to me because she helped me. Uh, sort of come to terms and also understand, um, you know, this disorder that some people have. And, uh, it, and and again, like we haven't sort of brought up any of the sort of shit that people have been saying, but, you know, people have been saying, like, oh, you know, she's just another actress. It's like, no, she's not just another fucking actress. She's been part of our lives since we were kids. You know, she's inspired millions of women and men all across the world she's a spokesperson for mental illness and you know just like you said brian she's just got like balls of steel when it comes to public opinion and she just doesn't give a shit if more people were like her it would be a better place what if why do people feel the need to say that when a celebrity passes away why does the internet feel like some like, why does a portion of the internet feel like they have to react that way and say those things like I, I i've never understood that like let people mourn and grieve the way that they're going to grieve and like of course you know I, i've never met carrie fisher but i mean she's been a part of my life all you know growing up and she's always been there and and it, it it's just it's one of those things where where when that's ripped out of your life and and, and and I and I, I have an attachment to people that love animals anyway, and the way that she loves, you know, her dog Gary and and um, <laughs> I love oh my Gary. God, I love Gary. <laughs> I, I I judge people on the way that they treat their animals. Um, if yeah, I'm the same way. And because you know, I give to animal charities and things like that, and I've I've always. I've always loved animals. I read a story today where like somebody left like two million dollars to like animal charities after they died, and I'm thinking to myself, good, because if they they <laughs> they probably would have left it to some family member who's an asshole and that would squander it. And so this is a yeah. good thing, and and um, so I think that's a that's a. <laughs> I think she's just a wonderful, caring person. I I know she had a troubled life, but. I, I mean, it's, you gotta understand, it, coming from like, you know, somewhat of Hollywood royalty and, I mean, her mother was, was beautiful and gorgeous and she had a lot to live up to, I'm sure. And, um, and then her getting her own stardom and then also dealing with being bipolar. I mean, she had a rough life, but I feel like, once she got a grip on everything and the addictions and everything that she tried to enrich everyone else's life to try to help them get through it. Like I've been down this road and they'll listen to her because she's Carrie Fisher. Like I can tell you like my experience and it may not do anything for you, but if you're hearing it from princess Leia, from Carrie Fisher, 
I mean, she has the ability to inspire millions. And that's what she left everyone. And I think that's what everyone's mourning. Whether it be you're mourning the character of Princess Leia or everything else that she did in her, in her artistry. And, and, and I, 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 she did a lot. I mean, she just wasn't an actress. I mean, she was also a writer. Um, so she did, she did a lot in her career, but I'm rambling at this point. I just, I, I miss her and it sucks. And I'm glad that we, I'm glad that we're talking about it. It's, it's therapeutic in a way. No, yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, just her taking some of the stigma out of mental illness and acknowledging that you even have it, because people would ask her, like, are you know, do you consider yourself mentally ill? And instead of shying away from it, she said, uh, yes, I have a chemical imbalance. I'm mentally ill. But, you know, but she but she sought help. She got the, on her medication and she helped remove some of the stigma and bring it out of the dark and making people feel ashamed for something that they really can't control mm-hmm. without seeking some sort of help. And so even just, even if you just took away everything else and focused on that, like she did so much for so many people to just help them deal with their own issues. Just that alone is, is amazing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And she's, she's just a fucking all out hero, basically. <laughs> And anyone that says any different is just wrong. Yeah, I, j- I just don't understand the people that have to call other people out <laughs> once once a celebrity dies and, you know, just say, oh, they're just a person. Oh, you, you never met them. It's like, come on, just 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 let it go today. Just, you know, come on. You can yeah, give just, us a break. Yeah, dude, we get it. Like, put, you know what? I get your that thought is bouncing around in your noggin. But just, you know what? Today... Just unplug the keyboard and say, you know what? I'm just going to let these people handle this in the way that they want to handle it. So, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that like our page on on Pop Culture Leftovers, I'd say 99% of the people on there were awesome and handled this yeah. in a great way. There was one person that I had to ban from the page um, that said a couple shitty things in uh, one of our threads. Um, oh, shit. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, since he put it out there, his name is Dan Meisner. Uh, that's D A N M I S N E R. You're an asshole. You're a fucking asshole. And if you're listening to this, you're a fucking asshole. So if you have the balls to put it on the page, then I'm gonna actually have the nerve to bring up your name on the podcast. So sue me. Anyway. <laughs> Well, then I second that. You're an asshole, Dan. Yeah. Hey! Not this Dan. Not this Dan. Not you, Chewie. But, yeah, he was was kind of a cock, and I didn't respond to him. You know, sometimes I do respond to the trolls. Sometimes I like to bat them around, you know, and have a little fun with them, but... Not not on that day. I just I just ah, banned him. I'm not gonna. I don't want to put anybody else through through that. So I just banned him. Um, And then uh, we also found out just yesterday that Debbie Reynolds passed away, and um, that's another. It's just a tragic story. Um, Part of me thinks like after Carrie died, she just couldn't take it anymore and had the stroke and. Even her son Todd said, Todd Fisher said that she just wanted to be with Carrie. 
Yeah, um, those were her last words, weren't they? Yeah, I and they were yeah, they were super close. They lived like practically next door to each other. Yeah. So Carrie and Debbie were just super close as a mother and daughter. So I have no doubt that, you know, part of it was just the stress of losing your child and, you know, maybe even just like a broken heart and she just couldn't deal with it. There was a time in their life though where they didn't talk for about ten years. Nice. Um but I think honestly that I think that that can strengthen a relationship because once that connection is, it, once you bring that connection back, it, it's stronger. Um, I, I, I speak from personal experience. Uh, there was a time where I didn't talk to my own mother for four years. Um, because me and my mom are a lot alike. Um, mm. and we're bullheaded and we're stubborn and you put me and my mom in the same room. Uh, sometimes it's going to be, um, you know, bare knuckle boxing, you know, and we, we, we don't always get along. And so for four years she was out of my life, but now in the past three years that she's been back in my life, um, we're the, I'm me and my mom are the closest that we've ever been. My mom texts me, my mom worries about me and, 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 um, my mom and dad have helped me out tremendously like these last few years of my life. And I think that that's kind of like what happened with Carrie is that she had her mother out of her life for so long that like once they got reconnected, it was like, let's start over. Um, Mm -hmm. and then they valued that mother daughter relationship that much more. And I, you've got to look at like Debbie Reynolds had a really rough life. Yes. She was, a very talented singer, actress, uh, dancer, and made a lot of people happy. But I mean, her husband, uh, Carrie's father, left her while she was pregnant with Todd, I believe, and left her for Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. And then she remarried and... Her next husband blew all of her fortune away on gambling, and she had to sell I, – I think she sold millions of dollars of memorabilia just to pay back the banks and and then watching her daughter go through her addiction and things like that. I mean she had a rough life. Yeah. So it's – but it, it's nice that that uh, at, the, at the end, you know, they were all getting along and – and happy, uh, as far as I know. So it's, uh, it's, it's sad. It's, it's in a way it's sad, but in a way it's beautiful that, that, that she loved her daughter so much that the day after her daughter passed away and it's, it's, it's gotta be awful for a parent to lose their child. I, my great grandmother watched my grandmother die and it was so hard on her. And, it doesn't matter how old you are. It, it, it's never easier. So it's, uh, I don't know. They're always going to be your child. So yeah, no matter how old they get. So yeah. Yeah. It's tragic, but I mean, it's, it's not, it's not a good thing at all, but it's just something which will be, I'm going to assume will be coming out. There's going to be um, a documentary, which is about Carrie Fisher and, um, and uh, uh, Debbie Reynolds, it's called Bright Lights, and it's a just a documentary about them and their lives and them living next door to each other and stuff. And 
that's uh, that should be. I don't know if that's come out yet or if that's going to be coming out next year. I'm not too sure. Yeah, I think it's, it's going like to be coming re- out next year. Yeah, so I mean, I just saw like a, a, a sort of a, a clip from it whilst I was, you know, doing some uh, some research for this episode, and I, mm-hmm. I had no idea that it was going to happen. Um, but yeah, they they sort of followed them around, and it's going to be like a, you know, not a reality TV thing at all, but like a documentary about them both. So, you know, we will get to see them again, like hanging out together and having having a hell of a good time together. I'm assuming, mm-hmm. and uh, hoping for not not too much drama and a lot of happy times. It'll yeah. be it'll be amazing. I mean, this happened earlier this year. I mean, uh, Zsa Zsa Gabor passed away, and then, like, within days, her adopted son, he passed away. Right. Um, it's really sad. Now, um, as far as... Huh, we've, we know we're going to see Carrie again in episode eight. Yeah. Now, as far as, so she's going to be reprising her role as Princess Leia in episode eight. How are they going to be treating this, uh, going forward? Um, do you guys have an opinion? I mean, there's nothing concrete right now, so nothing you can say is wrong, but how will, how will Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm handle the death? of Carrie Fisher um going forward. I have no idea. It's uh I know I've seen reports that she has she finished all of her filming before she passed away. So <clears throat> I'm going to assume that most of episode 8 will be as it was intended to be, but um whether or not they they change the end or uh maybe something will come up in the crawl for episode 9. Uh, either way, it's going to be fucking brutal. It really is. Because I was talking to Frank earlier, and he was saying that he went and saw um, uh, Rogue One again. Uh, and he obviously this was after Carrie Fisher passed away, and, and it, he said at the end when they sort of have the 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 sort of the the younger Leia talk about hope, he said he was holding it together until he saw that, and then he just fucking lost it like in the cinema with everybody there it's um yeah it's gonna be tough whatever they come up with yeah 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 i'm just really hoping that they don't do like a cgi tarkin version of her in episode nine and if there's a petition for that i will sign it and share it um because she deserves so much more than that um her character needs to be written off in a very respectful way for the for the legacy that she's left behind in Star Wars, um, and it it can't be cheapened with with some CGI bullshit in episode. Yeah, nine. no, you, you, you're 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 absolutely right. I, I and I think that I think that Kathleen Kennedy and the people there understand that if I know this is going to sound crazy, but if if Cinnabon can't get away with a tweet about her death, then there's <laughs> yeah. there's no way that they're going to be they're, they're, that they're going to push the envelope and do that. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Cinnabon uh, every May fourth um, they they tweet something like uh, uh, "Best Buns in the Galaxy," and it's uh, you know May the fourth be with you, and it's it's a picture of Princess Leia and with like Cinnabon buns in her hair. And uh, they did that on the day that she passed away, and 
they put something like still got the best buns in the galaxy and people flip the fuck out um, because they feel like Cinnabon was trying to capitalize on somebody's death. It's like, in a way I get it. Like it's pretty, it's, it's a dumb move. I, I, I don't think that they, I don't think that they intended it to, to be something disrespectful. I think that they should have just tweeted something saying our thoughts go out to the family of Carrie Fisher instead of, you know, like bringing it up again that, yeah, we get it. Cinnabon, you sell fucking cinnamon buns. You sell sticky buns. We fucking get it. It's like, we don't need (laughs) McDonald's to tell us that they sell fucking hamburgers. You know, I don't need, I don't need Cinnabon to remind me that they sell fucking cinnamon buns. I get it. Everybody fucking knows you sell cinnamon buns. All right. So, yeah, yeah, it was in poor taste. Um, I mean, I, I get what they were doing. And if they had waited until May 4th to sort of tweet something like that, I think the sting of, of her death would have been softened to the point where we could look at it fondly. Yeah, sure. But it look, was just way too soon. No, can you imagine like pulling up your phone, you're hanging out with your significant other and you're, you pull up your phone, you're in the mall, you just happen to be in the mall or at an airport and you're just like, you're look, looking through there and you're like, Oh, Carrie Fisher just died. Hey, oh, that, hey honey, you want to get a Cinnabon? Yeah. <laughs> you hungry for a Cinnabon? <laughs> no, it's completely just just uh, stupid. Who, who? Somebody, somebody needs to get fired over at Cinnabon for that. Number one, and I'm not saying that they did it to be disrespectful. I just think it was a stupid move. Um, yeah. What What do you think? Did you guys see the tweet that Steve Martin pulled from Twitter? Uh, yeah, I did. I did see that, and I did read it. I think I, I think I read it the way that he intended it sure. to be read, which was that he was basically saying that she was. He said she's the most beautiful creature that he had ever seen, and then when he got to meet her, she was charming and witty, and she was the whole package. Mm-hmm. So, but lots of people have read that, like he was saying, oh, she was gorgeous. Oh, and then she turned out to be smart. Like, what a surprise, or or something like that. But that that's not how he fucking meant it. And yeah, because he, you know, she fought for feminism. I I totally understand what you're saying, Dan. I feel like honestly, what he says kind of, kind of is actually promoting what she stood for. Don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, and, and also just paying her like massive compliments as well. Sure. So. But yeah, you know, I can see how how it was written in those 140 characters that people could like misconstrued it in a different way. But people fucking went off on him. Oh yeah, they did. They, that was oh, god. But again, you know, if you're going to write something that's uh, you know could be taken two different ways, maybe you should like think about writing something a little bit more heartfelt and less kind of punny. Yeah. Um, maybe you know, he should. I mean, the next tweet he had, the next tweet he uh, it should have been like a picture of him eating a uh, eating a cinnabon, saying "fuck you." <laughs> Best buns in the galaxy. Fucking <laughs> hell! The only thing I think with all this is uh, what Carrie Fisher will, will be thinking, which yeah. is that she fucking love it. She would because that's 
just her kind of sense of humor and right. the fact that people are shit in the bed over things like the Cinnabon and the Steve Martin quote. Right. Is, uh, she would be, she's just fucking rolling right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's eating a cinnamon bun up there in heaven. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Johnny said something really cool as well, which was, uh, we watched the, the AFI, um, uh, speech that she gave and she basically roasted George Lucas. Have you seen that? I haven't oh. seen that. Oh, I think it's for like a, I don't know if it was a lifetime achievement award or something like that, but she basically presented him with this award and she, it's about five minutes, the speeches, and it is fucking hilarious. She brings up like all the best stories about Star Wars and that how Star Wars ruined her life, but in, but in the best way and just like had a go at him, but it was all in fun and it was all like, you know, full of love and respect and all the rest of it. And, um, Johnny said like, you know, who, who is there up in heaven that she can give a good roasting to? And I was like, fucking hell dude, just Kenny Baker, obviously yeah. she's going to be there. Like just <laughs> having a go at him. <laughs> Asking him about all those pictures of all the naked women that are inside the R2 unit that the crew put up in there and saying, that's not fucking feminist. <laughs> right. Oh my God. I gotta, oh. you gotta, um, you gotta be thankful that there were, uh, I know that she didn't pull through, but you gotta be thankful that there was an EMT on the plane that did their best. Yes, that's what that's what JC said as well, man. The 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 insane respect to the people that got her from that flight to the hospital. I just yeah. can't even imagine what that would have been like. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they gave her family enough time just to you know come together and you know whether or not she could hear them, it doesn't matter. But they were there to to basically say goodbye. And I mean, those few minutes are are everything. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Just to be by her side, maybe to hold her mm-hmm. hand and tell her, you know, what, you know, she meant to them. And, and I can't imagine what Billy Lord is going through, losing both oh. her mother and her grandmother within days right. of each other. Um, I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that, um, I'm hoping that she's going to be okay. I mean, I can't imagine what she's going through. I mean, she's got a, she's a rising star and to not have her mother there supporting her. Yeah. Um, and her grandmother there to support her in this. I mean, she's doing the Scream Queen show. I mean, she also has another role in Star Wars Episode Eight. Um, I hope that Lucasfilm will take care of her. Yeah. Going forward. I hope that, I really do. I hope that Lucasfilm will, will make her part of that family and take care of her, whether it be voice roles on, on, uh, Rebels and other future projects or not Rebels, but other future projects. Yeah. Um, because yeah. yeah, her character, of course, wasn't around during Rebels. I don't need correction Tuesday bullshit when I'm emotional people. Um, but <laughs> like in future installments, I, I, I want Lucasfilm to take care of her. Um, I think she's a big, Carrie Fisher is a big part of fucking Star Wars guys. And yeah, I think that having her daughter be a part of the universe in the future going forward would mean a lot to fans. And a lot to that family too. So that's, that's yeah, what I'm agreed. trying to say. Yeah, I 100% yeah. agree. And, and I would love to see Gary in Star Wars as well. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Because, because that's what she wanted. She spoke to George Lucas about getting Gary in the film somewhere and he oh. said no. So hopefully, you know, 
<laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe one of her one of her wishes is that Gary will be in in episode eight or episode nine. I uh, fucking love Gary to be in Star Wars. He needs to be wearing like a little Tauntaun costume. I think that would just be perfect. <laughs> I honestly, uh, what what I think that what they what they would do is they would take. Gary, they would have Gary bark, and they would mix it in with like an alien noise. That's what I think that they would do. Aww. That would be great. I just want to see an alien with that fucking tongue just lopping out the side of it. <laughs> I would like to see a Gary alien. Yes, I would too. That would really be great. great. Yeah. I think that would because uh, you know, far from me to say what Carrie Fisher would want. But from watching her all of her appearances and knowing what an incredible like animal lover she is and how much she loves Gary, I think she'd get a real kick out of that. Oh, I really yeah. do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think I think <laughs> I think I think uh, her fans would get a huge kick out of it too. It'd make us feel good. Yeah. Exactly. So. Exactly, man. Um. So, uh, Deadline reported. Um, what was her role, if any, in episode uh, Star Wars Episode Nine? Um, she did have a role for Star Wars Episode Nine, and they Deadline reports that quote for Episode Eight, Lo- uh, Leia had a larger role. We're told, and her daughter Billy Lord also yeah. is in that film, as well as in the Force Awakens. How how Lucasfilm will deal with the loss of one of the most beloved characters in any franchise is not known, however, and the company is remaining mum. Um, I'm also learning that filming is being pushed back from early 2017 to late 2017. They're probably giving the story group some more time to figure out how they're going to handle uh, the character of Princess Leia going forward because their plans for her character were probably way different um, than what they have to do now. I honestly feel like I think that they're going to work it into episode eight. I feel like from what I've been hearing from other sources is that it's something that they can do that they can with the story that we're given in episode eight, they can work her death into that film so that we don't have to address it in episode nine. And yeah. uh, that's what I'm hearing. Um, it's yeah. I, it's tough, man. It's it's yeah. so tough because it's so it's so raw. Still, you know, it's only just happened, and already, you know, all the news outlets and all of the like, you know, the rumor mills. Everyone's talking about how they're going to change the movie to to cope with Carrie's death, and it's it's it is is tragic and sad because, you know. She's she's just another she's another human being at the end of all this, and people are worried about like what how, <laughs> what's going to happen to Leia in the film. I I think that um you know whatever they come up with will be respectful for definite, but um I, yeah. I and I understand I totally understand why they've pushed it back as well because they really need to think about this. They really do. Well, she, uh, they're saying that she had a larger role in episode eight than we yeah. originally thought she had. I mean, she had, she had a smaller role, in my opinion, in The Force Awakens. And I feel like they gave her a more expanded role is what I'm hearing now in this one, which I didn't think that they did. The rumors that I was hearing was that her character was going to be taken out early on. 
Um, yeah, that's what I had heard as well. Yeah, there was a there's a lot of rumors out there that not not, not that her character was going to die, but that but that her character was involved in some sort of an explosion and it hurt her and she was taken out of the film and that's when Laura Dern's character in episode eight kind of steps up for, you know, um, the resistance and Poe Dameron has to go all, you know, he has to basically, um, uh, call mutiny and, and, uh, you know, um, but so I, I don't know what I don't know what the story is in episode eight. To be quite honest with you, I know a little bit of what, what's going to happen in episode eight. But I mean, this one's been under wraps more than the Force Awakens. Um, so any news that we hear is not huge, like plot breaking news. Like oh my gosh, you know, we don't even have a title for the film yet. So oh, that's true. That's true. So um, I don't. I really don't know. How, I I think honestly, if Fast and Furious Seven can figure out a dignified way to show us the death of Paul Walker, then Star Wars sh- should be able to do that as well. I you know. So I have full trust in um, Lucasfilm in doing it in a tasteful manner. And in probably in probably a way that'll make us cry when we watch the film. So yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, I guarantee that I'm going to be bawling my eyes out every time I see her because, I, I, like I said to you, Brian, when it when it first happened, we first heard the news. I literally just messaged Brian just saying I can't stop crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it's it's been a rough couple of days. Yeah, and it, you know, it's not it is it's nice to sort of be able to talk about it and celebrate what she did and what she meant to people. Um, you know, it's it's cathartic. It's really good. Um, just a quick, it's a very quick story. Um, because I've never met Carrie Fisher, but one of my friends has, and um, he had a photo op with her at a comic con, and um, apparently this isn't unusual for her because I've actually seen this same thing like uh, duplicated on quite a quite a few other people's pictures. When he met her, she just turned to him and went, "Can I have a hug?" And he was like, uh, yeah, sure. And she just, like, grabbed him and wrapped herself round him and, like, smushed her glasses into his chest and just pulled this, you know, massive grin. And he's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I've, I've seen this picture, like, replicated, like, so many times from different fans. So, so you know, the whole obviously like us not meeting her or anything she just seems like a real like people person as well which i just thought was fucking great because that's that's practically unheard of nowadays you know celebrities or like famous people in general they're they're some of them are very guarded about their personal lives and some of them even have a public persona that they put on you know whoa 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 have you not seen my picture of bruce willis just giving me the biggest hug no (laughs) no dude i'm totally fucking with you I was oh. going to say, because it doesn't fucking exist. Yeah, it doesn't exist. Like, honestly, if there's a picture oh. of me and Bruce Willis, he'd, he'd be curb stomping me or something. He'd <laughs> yeah, be walking off, <laughs> off camera. He's, the bird. He is the most impersonable person ever. <laughs> exactly, but no, man. that is an amazing story that just goes to tell you, like, how cool Carrie Fisher was. 
Yeah, exactly. Right. I, and I was reading, um, I was reading a little story of um, Warwick Davis. He posted something of, you know, when he was doing Return of the Jedi with her, and he was just a little kid playing Wicket. Yeah. And you know, she was so concerned for him in his sweltering suit that she had like cookies and hot and um chocolate milk like hidden on the set for him so that in between takes like he she would feed him cookies and have chocolate milk with a little straw and she was like taking care of him because he was like 11 years old when he was oh playing my Wicked. god and just like like i'm gonna cry right now but <laughs> like it was just <laughs> such a sweet thing for her to just you know take an interest in this little kid who's playing a role that I know everyone else hates the Ewoks. I love the Ewoks, whatever. I love the Ewoks. <laughs> Fight me. I don't care. Uh, no, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, you know, you know, six year old Brian loves the Ewoks. All right, moving on. It's okay. true. It's true. Six year old me love the Ewoks. I still love the Ewoks, whatever. But just to hear her, just to hear him tell, you know, talk about this that made such an impression on him and for her to just, you know, in between takes, make sure that he's okay. She's just such a sweet, wonderful person. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I didn't know that. That's This oh, is news yeah, to me. I was just reading that today and I was like, thank God, like, no one else is in my office because I was just sitting in my cubicle sobbing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, speaking of, and this totally makes sense to me because, um, I, I, I heard like when they, when, when they were filming the Star Wars Christmas special. We don't talk about that. No, when the, when they did like the, it was, I think it was like the B. Arthur cantina scene. Oh God. <laughs> what the fuck? Yes. When, uh, Everybody's in costume and the costumes got so hot and people were having like a hard time breathing in them. They had to pump air into them after a while. They had to give them like oxygen. Oh it's, my God. I can't imagine the conditions that these, some of these actors that, that, that what they went through. I can't imagine some of the conditions that they went through. So it was, that's really sweet that Carrie Fisher did that. That's awesome. Oh. And I love that story. Uh, about B. Arthur and the Christmas special? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a, have you ever seen it? It is so weird. I have not. It's on YouTube. It. it is so weird. Like, there is, hold on, let me explain. Here's the Christmas special. <laughs> so basically, in the Christmas special, like, the first 20 minutes of the movie is, like, the, the Chewbacca's family is, like, they are trying to figure they they don't know where Chewbacca is. And so like the first 20 minutes and I'm not fucking kidding you is like the family going <laughs> It's like 20 minutes of fucking wookie noises. And <laughs> and and then it's like, you know, there's phone calls. <laughs> It's so bad. There's, there's, they're, they're, they're trying to call people and figure out where Chewbacca is. And like, they call, they call, Princess Leia isn't, it's like, Carrie Fisher's in it. And, um, there's a part where she sings in it. And she actually wanted to sing in this role, which I thought is pretty awesome considering that her mother was such a great singer. Um, uh, the song, on the other hand, is horrible. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> but then there's you know what? I, I have tried watching it and i got through the first five minutes and yeah. i was like i have to turn this off oh dan you gotta get to the part you gotta get to the part where it's um it's chewbacca's son no it's chewbacca's i think it's his father-in-law and he gets like he gets like a life day gift from somebody and Happy it's life day it's it's a life day gift and it's like this virtual reality headset that he puts on and and when he when when he puts it on it's what's her name i think her name is Carol Davis she was a singer back in like the 70s or whatever and it's right. her just like dancing around and singing and it's really fucking <laughs> pornographic and like for like 20 minutes you hear like this oh you hear a wookie moaning as he's watching this woman dance and it is the because the dude they explain it like this they're like when you put this on it like shows shows you your wildest dreams and your fantasies and apparently uh, dude it is so weird man it is so weird um the christmas special also has like um the first appearance of boba fett yeah, it's uh, yeah, I the, knew about that. It's the animated version. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he, <laughs> yeah, and he rides around and on like this creature and shit. And Han Solo's face looks like Owen Wilson. It's weird. <laughs> His face is like really long and shit. It looks like a peanut. Um, and then there's this dude. There's this scene when they're the uh, B. Arthur. She uh, she like runs like a bar on the cantina. And it's like right. – it's a live feed from the Empire. Like this is like being broadcast all over the universe. <laughs> it's a, it's so weird. It's like it's, it's a live feed of, of this bar and it's B. Arthur telling all these aliens they got to leave the bar. And <laughs> dude, it is the worst thing ever. It is the worst right. thing ever. As soon as we're done, I'm watching it. <laughs> it's so <laughs> sold. It is sold. so awful. No, like it sounds great when I explain it, but it's no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so they they made this like straight after A New Hope. Is that when it was made? Yeah, the, like like Star Wars like took off. Um, so it, it took off like no other movie. Uh, this started franchises. This started yeah. like this started toys. I mean, this started franchises and toys. So they variety shows were like a big deal back in the seventies. So they were yeah, like, oh my right. gosh, let's capitalize on this because the next movie's not going to come out for another couple years. So in seventy eight, they made the Star Wars Christmas special, and oh. they they literally just aired this thing once because it was that awful. And George. <laughs> Like George Lucas knew it was awful, um, and it went on. It, it, it wasn't like an hour. It, this went on for two fucking hours. <laughs> oh it was two fucking hours, man. And and that's why you know, like they didn't like they stretch shit out. That's why you get twenty minutes of fucking you know uh, Papa Chewbacca jacking off to Carol Davis. <laughs> Because they didn't know what to do. Did George Lucas write it or direct it? Or no, I don't think George Lucas was like highly involved at all. I don't think he was oh, involved okay. that much. Because I thought he might be, and then that's why they like stopped him from directing any of the other movies. No, <laughs> no, I don't think that he was too involved. He may have been involved in some aspect, but I don't think that he wrote this at all. 
Okay. But <laughs> fucking hell, <laughs> dude, it, it's bad, man. It's bad. Like I suffered through it, and uh, I watched. I've watched it once, and I've watched parts of it multiple times. But I will never watch it all the way through, like ever again. Like once okay. is enough. You know what I mean? I might have to watch it tomorrow <laughs> just to see what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, no, I have to. I have to watch this now. Well, it's like one of those things. Like, like if you if you drink spoiled milk, like why would you fucking drink it again? You know what I mean? You know it's shit, right? It's true. But I guess you just got to find out for yourself. So it's true, but it's the same way of like you smell something bad and you want your friend to smell it too. I think it's that same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just me. Well, hold on, hold on. You're not telling me that you're having like your friends sniff your armpits, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> hey. You know. No comment. Oh, shut the hell up. <laughs> so is that what happens in the women's bathroom when you go in pairs? Yes. This is what we do. <laughs> all right hey we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna come back with some proper star wars news that we're gonna talk about and then we're gonna wrap this up all right Welcome back. Welcome back, Dan. Welcome back, Janine. Welcome back. Yay. <laughs> All right, yeah. You, you, honestly, like, if, if this was hip-hop, you would be the worst hype man ever, Dan. Yay. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Get your hands up. <laughs> I guess uh, maybe maybe if I, – I, I don't know. If the Teletubbies had a rap group, you'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, the Smurfs or something. Yeah, yeah, the Smurfs or something. I don't know. Um, the, the Lollipop Guild from Wizard of Oz, but definitely, definitely not hardcore hip-hop. Uh, anyway, uh, let's move into just some regular Star Wars news, so I might as well play the bumper. As soon as I can find the damn thing. There we go. Hey, guys! What's Amisa saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible! All right, yeah, and just so everybody knows, like, we'll be back next week with a regular, well, not a regular episode. We're doing our uh, Tupperware's uh, end of the year award show, and then the following week we'll be back with regular episodes. That's what's weird about this time of year. It's like you can't get a regular episode in. It's like uh, New Year's Eve had to fall on, like, the day that we record and everything, you know? Rubbish. Yeah, so it's weird. Uh, anyway, Star Wars news for this week that I wanted to go over is Screen Rant recently had an article about Ray's ancestry, and they talked about a recent fan theory that fans are saying that an episode of Rebels alludes to Ray's parents. Ooh. Mm. 
Here's what it says. Star Wars Rebels, which is now in its third season, is part of the franchise canon like all the films, novels, and comics. So some people have been searching through the show for any potential clues. The tenth episode of season three, titled Visions and Voices, actually makes references to Obi-Wan. As it's revealed, both Ezra Bridger and Darth Maul are looking for the old Jedi. In the episode, Maul takes Ezra to his lair on Dothamir, which has objects of his past. A couple of eye-catching items are the Darksaber, an ancient black-bladed lightsaber that Maul used during Clone Wars, and a painting of Mandalorian Duchess Satine Kriz, Obi-Wan's love interest from uh, who was killed by Maul in the Clone Wars. At the end of the episode, Sabine takes the Darksaber, which is a symbol of Mandalorian leadership for herself off-planet. Following Visions and Voices airing, some fans believe that Rebels offered a major clue about Rey's past. The theory speculates that Sabine is the daughter of Obi-Wan and Satine, and later becomes Rey's mother. However, none of uh, none other than Dave Filoni has shot down any possible Sabine-Satine connection, saying in interviews that the same same name similarities are purely coincidence. Uh, fans are used uh, are used to members of the creative team playing coy, but Lucasfilm Story Group has years of content planned out, and no doubt decided long ago that Sabine and Satine would not be related, despite both having. Uh, both hailing from Mandalore. So, it does not look like Rey is uh, related to uh, Satine and Sabine and all that stuff. So, yeah. Mm. yeah. That's interesting because uh, I, I watched the Star Wars Celebration and they had the Rebels cast out. And the lady that plays Sabine, it was only like a couple of words that she uttered like about new gadgets and stuff that she was going to get and someone yelled out from the crowd like dark saber immediately and she was like staring at the you know the producers of the show and um then she sort of went on to say that she was warned that anything that they drop people can put the links together so mm-hmm. whoever that guy was fucking nailed it yeah that's nuts yeah that is pretty bizarre but uh, as far as Ray's lineage, we know nothing. <laughs> so good, <laughs> good. We don't want to know anything. Hold on. Let's talk about like we talked about a couple of weeks ago uh, about how Ray, how Daisy Ridley actually was kind of confused as to like why people weren't picking up on who her parents were. That she felt yeah. it was pretty much spelled out in The Force Awakens. I've had some time to sit back and think about this, like. Does that mean that Ray is not anyone? Like Ray's not a Skywalker, she's not a Kenobi? Like does that mean that her relationship with Luke is just like a master teacher relationship or kind of like maybe an adoptive relationship? Yeah, maybe. Just you don't really like if there's no if she says that there's clues in it, then Surely their actual clues are not just like no clues, meaning that she isn't related to anybody. Are you saying that that her father is Ankar (laughs) Plutt? No, no, but there's, oh, 
this is what I wanted to say on the last episode. My, my when we were talking about you, you think that she's going to be a Kenobi. I well, think she's going to be a Skywalker. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Anthony Bresnikan from Entertainment Weekly agrees with both of us in a way. Oh, son of a bitch. Well, he says <laughs> – basically, Anthony Bresnikan has worked out a timeline, and I posted it on Facebook. But he worked out a timeline to where Kenobi could have had a relationship with somebody else, had yeah. a daughter – and then that daughter ends up hooking up with our very own Luke Skywalker. And then they create this amazing cocktail of a Jedi named Ray. Yeah. Oh man. I, I can't wait to find out. My um my theory, not not so much as like where she's from, but like what kind of has actually happened in the past is either she is uh Luke's daughter or or Ben's granddaughter right the one it is um she gets sent to the jedi temple and uh luke turns his attention to training ray instead of kylo who was the one he was supposed to be looking after and obviously like because she is either a skywalker or a you know a kenobi she's kind of like the golden child now as opposed to you know like his nephew and um that makes Kylo incredibly jealous and that kind of starts off the dark side in him and then he goes on his rampage and kills everybody and the reason that she's dropped off on planet with Unkar Plutt, which is one of the reasons, like we said, it can't be her parents leaving her with a fucking slaver it doesn't make any sense, is that it's not Luke that sends her away, it's actually Kylo and he, I reckon that he uses his weird you know like mind altering force powers to kind of cloud her memory and then he's the one that drops her off on planet that's the slaver yes that's a theory we've actually brought that up on pop culture leftovers before but it contradicts what jj abrams has come out and said that kylo has never met her before yeah he's lying yeah no he's lying so <laughs> JJ has come out and said that Kylo has never met her before, but he is aware of her. And so that maybe he's heard of her probably through Snoke. And I, and I would honestly feel like Snoke would know of her presence. So yeah. just like, you know, just like the emperor was aware of Luke. So I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe JJ's lying, you know, maybe JJ's lying. But, uh, yeah, there, that's a theory that's been out there that Kylo was the one that dropped her off, his, you know, his cousin or whatever. Yeah. And either that or it could have been Luke and he clouded her memory. And But then why would he leave her with Uncle? I yeah, don't know. I don't, I, okay. I don't know. Because, like, even, even Luke was left off with uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Veru, so. Yeah, and the blue milk. It's and lovely the, there. I know. Every growing boy needs blue milk. <laughs> and growing girls, according to Rogue One. Right. That's true. Yeah, I don't I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you about Ray. I mean, I kind of dismissed you on our last episode saying that she can't be a Skywalker. Um I I, I shouldn't be so dismissive. I, I still think that there's definitely a chance that she could be a Skywalker. It just didn't make sense to me, Dan, because in Bloodline, we find out that, you know, Luke has been uh, training Kylo, and this is six years before the events of The Force Awakens, which would make Rey actually, I think, about 
13 years old at this time. Yeah. So it's like, why does he have a 13 year old daughter on a planet with Uncar Plett when he's going around the galaxy with, uh, Kylo Ren, who hasn't even turned to the dark side yet fully? Oh, I mean, okay. do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I do. That yeah. means I need to read Bloodlines, basically. <laughs> Bloodlines is great. Bloodlines is actually fantastic. Uh, it, it, you know, if you, lo- if you want to know, like, what are the inner thoughts of Princess Leia during, uh, you know, after the events of Return of the Jedi, it's a great read, dude. And I, yeah, I didn't read it. I, I had it on Audible, so. Uh, well, but- I will, I will too, man. It's the best way to read nowadays. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's hard to – I can always find time in my car to listen to an Audible book. So, um, Yeah, exactly. But, Who yeah. has time to sit down with a book anymore? It, I think we're going to find out – we're definitely going to find out who Ray's parents are or or aren't, you know, because everybody's assuming that she has to be a Kenobi or a Skywalker. When in all actuality, it could be completely something different to where they're just like, well, she, her parents were just nobodies. So yeah. who knows? Uh, there is some news on Supreme Leader Snoke, uh, from makingstarwars.net concerning episode eight. Uh, they said over the course of filming Star Wars episode eight, sources kept saying we were going to be really impressed with Snoke in this film. It was clear they were saying something was different about him. If you recall in Star Wars The Force Awakens, Supreme Leader Snoke was a giant hologram towering over the likes of Kylo Ren and his frenemy, General Hux. The controversy amongst fans wavered back and forth regarding his height. Was Snoke seven and a half feet tall? Was Snoke huge? Was Snoke like the fraud at the end of The Wizard of Oz and just the man behind the curtain? For Star Wars Episode Eight, it appears, at least in part, that Snoke will not be a character generated in a computer. Instead, he will be a huge puppet, around seven to eight feet tall, taking several people to operate and a man inside a suit to make him walk. Stylistically, it seems as if as if Snoke may be CGI generated for the holographic communication sequences, but when he has scenes in episode eight next to real flesh and blood humans like Kylo Ren, he will be a practical puppet with facial, with facial features operated by the crew. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Well, well, (laughs) well, all right. Hold on. Let me finish this. In the past, many have wondered if Snoke was someone we had seen on screen before. It seems somewhat unlikely considering his size. His arms alone give off the impression he is not exactly human as they are unnaturally long and unsettling. Uh, unsettling. His appearance is identical to what we saw in the hologram, but there's apparently a real Snoke in the next installment of the Skywalker saga. Uh, we don't know exactly how much screen time Snoke has in Episode Eight, and that makes it impossible to say he's almost always a puppet in the film or CGI, but we do know the puppet is pretty impressive and appears to be articulated in such a way it seems it is more than an elaborate stand-in. Um, th- I find all this interesting. Number one, what we saw from Snoke in The Force Awakens was that he was a CGI-generated uh, image on a hologram. Also, what I think is interesting about this is that they're saying that 
this sounds like okay. Everybody's saying like, oh, could this be a uh, could this be Darth Vader? Could this be a uh, Darth Vader? Could keep no, me snow? May, he's May, he's Mace Windu, isn't he? Oh, oh he, no, wait, he's Darth Maul. Oh no, wait, he's Jar Jar Binks. He's da- he's Mace Windu because uh, Mace Windu is eight feet tall. Uh, <laughs> no, why can't Snoke just be Snoke? And so, like, everybody's – that's – Janine, you can bring up a great point. Like, that's what I've always said. That's what Jake has always said. Why can't Snoke be Snoke? Because everybody's got to have this insane fucking backstory. And what have we learned from the prequels is that learning the backstory of certain characters isn't always the best thing. Now, I don't think that they ruined the backstory of the Emperor I don't think they they ruined the story of Palpatine. I actually think that the prequels did a pretty decent job with Palpatine. I think that they ruined uh, the most iconic character, though, in a lot of ways, in yeah. Anakin. Yeah, no, I agree. In uh, his uh, becoming Darth Vader, um, even the last shot of Revenge of the Sith as Darth Vader was oh ridiculous. God. No! I, uh... So I feel like... Um, Basically, like, uh, I think if anything that we've learned from maybe the prequels is that we don't always have to have a really cool backstory for a character all the time. And why cannot this character just be – I mean, when we're first introduced in the Emperor, we just accept him as the Emperor, right? Right. Yeah. So why can't we just do that here? Without him being Plagueis, without him being Darth Maul, without him being Mace Windu, without him being Ezra, without him being Darth Vader uh, reincarnate. I mean, can't we just have a guy who's fucking evil and who wants to take over the galaxy? Yes. All right. Definitely. We can, okay. Let Snoke be Snoke. Let Snoke be Snoke. Uh, yeah, that, that, that should be my bumper sticker. Let Snoke be Snoke. <laughs> Um, Some people think that he could be Ezra. Yes, but like we've already heard people from the Lucasfilm story group and J.J. Abrams himself and Andy Serkis say that this character is over a thousand years old, which does not match up with Ezra at all. He's he's over some people. He is over a thousand years old. So basically, he's either a race that can live that long, or he's tapped into some part of the dark side that has been able to keep him uh, alive that long. And I mean, Yoda lived for a very long time, but he's a, of a different race. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like he's a different race of an alien that can, that can either live a long life or he's found out a way to live a long time, which many people will say now, well, then he's got to be Darth Plagueis because Darth Plagueis cheated death. Well, that's what we heard from the Emperor, and the Emperor could be lying to to Anakin for all we know. We don't know if that that's story... Right. Yeah, that's very true. It's established that characters can live a long, a long life like Yoda or Maz yeah. Kanata, so why can't he just be another alien race that can live like a thousand years? Right, right, yeah. As far as him being Mace Windu or, and all that stuff, <laughs> I, I I'm not, I'm not <laughs> buying it. I'm also not buying the Darth Maul stuff, um, which is another theory that's out there. He very well could be Plagueis for all I know. I, I, I don't know if they're gonna do that. I hope that they don't. I think it'll I think it'll be really lost on a lot of casual fans and it won't yeah. have that impact. Mm-hmm. Um for me I think like if they if they if if it came out in the next film or in episode 9 that Snoke is Plagueis, I honestly think I'll be like holy shit, man. That's 
it's pretty fucking crazy. It's pretty awesome. Um, but I think it's lost on the casual fan. Yeah, because it's only dropped in that that one conversation, isn't right. it? That just like that one line. So, ooh, I don't know. It, I don't know. It'll be it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be quite a clever kind of like link to it. But I, we don't need it. It'll be nice to have a new character that we can kind of, you know, get to know and then get to know their backstory in the next two movies. I think that'd be pretty cool. Something oh. completely different. But what do you think about the news? Like, okay, so what we saw in Star Wars uh, Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, was 100% Snoke CGI, and now they're talking about a guy in a suit, a Snoke, basically a Snoke puppet. Um, so, in order to do this, are they going to go the route of Ankar Plutt, where we saw a guy in a suit, but his face was CGI? Do you think that that's the way that they're going to go? Oh, I don't know, because I'm, I'm. It could it could go really good or really bad. Um, oh God, because the CGI was okay uh, in the Force Awakens, but I don't know if it would take something away to have him kind of switch back between being a puppet and being CGI. I I kind of feel like it should just be one or the other. What I'm saying is though, I'm saying like, yeah, he was 100% CGI in the Force Awakens in the hologram. But if you remember when you are introduced to the character of Ankar Plutt, the actual suit, the, what we're seeing is a guy in a suit, but the mm-hmm. face, the only thing that's CGI on Ankar Plutt is the face and the facial movement. So it's a combination of both a physical suit and CGI in the face. Do you think that they can pull that off? If they do, if they go that route with Snoke, I, do you think that that's the route they're going to go? Or do you think that they're going or do you think they're just going to go Akbar puppet with it? Cause I, <laughs> we, we've seen this guy talk. We've seen him yeah. talk. I, I honestly feel like they have to go the route of if they're going to do a physical puppet, it has to be, it has to be, a, if they do a physical puppet or a guy in a suit, it has to be that with, a mixture of CGI for the face for when he's talking. It has to be. No, I think you're right. It, it's going to have to be. They're going to have to CGI the face because we have seen him talking. We've seen the facial expressions. And you can't create the same facial expressions in CGI as you can with a puppet and vice versa. So, yeah, I, I can see a stand-in for for him. But this, the face would have to be CGI'd. Yeah, you you totally blew my mind with the whole puppet reveal. I just, <laughs> I, I I was like, I'm just picturing it in my head with like, you know, like the Muppet thing, but it's like four or five people working him all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh man, how is that gonna work? It's gonna be so weird. Well, they did that with Jabba the Hutt, and I mean, not for nothing, that stands the test of time for me because I mean, Jabba's convincing. So yeah, I can but- see that i i told i totally get what you're seeing i I totally get what you're saying janine is like we got jab of the hut and i bought it and i loved it and i actually prefer him as a puppet as opposed to like what we got when we watched like you know the remastered editions where lucas (laughs) uh it was awful uh when we got cgi java see the thing is is i i feel like um I think they can get away with doing this if they go the Uncar Plutt route. If they if they do give us a physical version of the character, but you got to CGI the face. You have to do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, agreed. Because it just it seems weird that they're going to go practical, even though they've already got the CGI model like down. Because right. I really liked the CGI on Snoke. I thought he looked really good. I liked him in the hologram, but I'm telling you, man, as far as like the character goes, I, I feel like if they went 100% CGI with it, honestly, I feel like they could use a uh, he wears if he wears like a cloak. If he wears like a cloak, hmm. that's a physical cloak, but has a CGI face, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, I would it's be. Just, happy. It's just a big difference, you know. Yeah. That's why you you blew my mind with it because I just I did not see that coming. I thought like they were going to stick CGI all the way. I like it because I love practical effects in yes. movies. Yes. Um. But yeah, no, Janine's correct as well in the fact that it, you can't. They won't be able to get the detail if they do like an animatronic head. So, like you said, Brian, it has to be a CGI face or head because it's going to be, you know, it's going to be like a, a step back in special effects otherwise. Right. Unless yeah. they come out with something that we've never seen before, but I highly doubt it. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see the final product when they finally do it because we, it sounds like, if anything, if if any news that we're getting from MakingStarWars.net is that we're actually going to see Snoke not in hologram form. We're actually going to get to see Snoke, you know, like on the deck of some ship talking with Kylo and Hux and all these different characters. Yeah. So um, whatever they do with him needs to be – it needs to look good. I I, I don't want to – Look at whatever we're – like the final product, whatever it is. I don't want it to feel like – for me, when I watched Rogue One, and I don't know what you guys thought, but like for me, when I watched Rogue One and I saw Ben Mendelsohn as uh, Orson Krennic talking to Grand Moff Tarkin, it just looked like a dude talking to some Polar Express character. And I was like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was bad. Awful. And I, it looked better in 2D than it did in 3D, but it was still noticeable. And so, like, that's what I do not want in this film. I, I, I don't want it to yeah. look like that. And I feel like if they went 100% CGI with this, it may just turn into that. So, if anything, if if Supreme Leader Snoke is wearing a cloak, a physical cloak, that's that's a start. I just don't want it to look like they're talking to Voldemort and shit. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Like a CGI Voldemort. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, more episode eight rumors from MakingStarWars.net. And this is really, really weird news. It, the article is titled Episode 8 and the Protectors of Octu. Now, you guys know that the planet that Luke is on when Ray meets him at the end of the film, that is called Octu. Um, yep. Here's the article. One of the more interesting mysteries of Star Wars Episode Eight is what exactly takes place on Octu before Rey arrived at the end of Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Luke Skywalker was not alone, but rather sharing the island of Octu with some surprising inhabitants, as we will see in Star Wars Episode Eight. The featured creatures of Octu have befriended Luke. Skywalker during his residency as a Jedi recluse. Luke's little friends are avian in nature. Skellig Michael is where the island of Octu was first glimpsed in Star Wars The Force Awakens. The new creatures from Episode 8 are actually designed after the puffins 
that inhabit the area in our real world. So there should be little question if the design actually fits the environment. Rumor has it the creatures have razor-sharp teeth and are a mixture of terrifying and the adorable. They're sort of like a bird mixed with a gremlin. No. (laughs) Some. Someone yeah, no. someone once said it was like the Star Wars version of a Furby. Hmm. But, <laughs> well, but, that sounds fucking <laughs> awful. But the look and feel is so Star Wars they loved it. Basically combine a puffin, a Furby, and a Star and Star Wars it up, and you have yourself an idea of what this creature is. They're tiny, maybe fifteen inches tall or so. I was apprehensive when I first heard Furby, but no one speaking of the design has anything bad to say about it. In fact, those that have seen the tiny puppets on set are overjoyed by their presence in the film. The other rumor worth noting is that the Puffin that personally has screen time with Skywalker sees himself as a protector of the island on Octu. Luke Skywalker has permission to be there while Rey does not. Ray has a sequence on Octu where she fights a rather large sea monster. We have also heard that she wears a black cloak during the sequence over the costume we described before. Uh, it has been suggested, but not confirmed, that Ray's besting of the sea monster grants her permission to be at the sacred location by the puffins. However, the sequence. <laughs> However, the sequences could not be totally unrelated. All right. I hear a lot of giggles. I hear a lot of naysaying. So talk to me. Talk to me about this. What the fuck? It's <laughs> the only thing I've got to say. All of that sounds awful. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't want any of that. I don't want any of that in Star Wars. We don't want puffins. We don't want sea monsters to get permission from the puffins to be on the island. It- that is fucking stupid. They have you to know, be wrong. <laughs> granted access by the puffins is like the worst sentence I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you guys are totally negative on this. You guys are talking about how much you love fucking Ewoks like 30 minutes ago. And <laughs> now you're saying now you're saying now you're saying fuck puffins. <laughs> Fuck the killer puffins with their razor sharp teeth. Hold on, like some no, some six year old out there, some six year old out there. This could be their Ewoks. This could be their Ewoks. You guys, no, we had our Ewoks, and now, then now, now you're saying fuck the puffins. Oh yeah, fuck the puffins. I, I, I want to see some concept art. I want to see what they look like because right now it just sounds terrible. Um, if I can see some concept art, maybe that would change my mind. Mm. Yeah, what I've got in my head right now does not look good. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> so basically what happens in the sequence is that uh, we find out that Luke Skywalker, he's on Octu, He's not alone. This island has its own native inhabitants, and these are these uh, puffin creatures. These puffin creatures are about 15 inches tall. They have uh, very sharp teeth, 
and uh, Luke has been accepted by them because he's gone through like the rites of passage. Part of the rites of passage is defeating this sea monster. I'm thinking of like, have you guys? Do you guys remember? Was it uh, Lord of the Rings? The was it the second the octopus thing? The mm-hmm. octopus thing from that, which I love that sequence. I thought it was amazing, to be quite honest with no, you. No, that is a great sequence. Um, that's kind of like what I'm seeing here is like Ray has to defeat the sea monster, and then then she gains acceptance on um, this island, and then is able to stay there on this island, uh, and then train with Luke. And from what I'm hearing, is that. And and expect this. I want you guys to expect this when you see episode eight. What I'm hearing is that most of Luke and Ray is going to be on Octu. Uh, There is no guarantee that any of their scenes will not be on this island, that they will not be on the planet of Octu. Uh, A lot of their scenes have been filmed on uh, 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 Skellig Michael. Um, this island uh, off of Ireland. So don't expect to see like Ray get reunited with Finn until maybe the end of the movie, if anything, because it sounds like it's going to be a lot of Luke and Ray on this island together. That's what it really the, sounds like. Yeah. And the Puffins. But that just makes sense. <laughs> and the Puffins. Uh, no. <laughs> just No. So, so, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, like, uh, you, you, uh, like a year from now, we're sitting down, we're watching, uh, uh, episode eight, whatever it's titled, and all of a sudden we see a, uh, Furby Gremlin. Dan, like, like, what are you thinking, man? What are you thinking? I'm thinking I'm gonna walk out. That's what I'm thinking. I'm gonna go outside. I'm gonna go and smoke a cigarette outside the back of the car, Mike. See the see the see the. You fuck- will be joining me. <laughs> <laughs> see the fucked up thing is though, Dan, is that thirty years ago, thirty years ago, you're watching a teddy bear. <laughs> no, hold on, hold on. Thirty years ago, you're watching a teddy bear throw a spear. You're watching yeah, a teddy bear throw a spear at fucking uh, ATSTs. You're totally cool with it. I am, because we've had Wookiees in the first two movies. So I'm used to kind of, like, cuddly bear-like creatures, but fucking razor-toothed puffins that look like Furbies <laughs> slash with gremlins slash with puffins. What the hell? That's too much for you? That's when Star Wars. That's when Star Wars crosses a line with you. It is, yeah. I, earlier, whole, I, no, right hold of, on. Right, right of passage thing as well, fighting a big sea monster. It's fucking oh, God. weird. Earlier on, I talked about uh, Chewbacca's father-in-law beating off to Carol Davis. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> and uh, you know what I mean? I mean, uh, Puffins is not the worst thing I've heard, you know? That, yeah, that's true, but it's definitely that's not true. the best. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I'm willing to give it a chance. I'm willing to give it a chance. I, I want to see the character design of these creatures. Yeah, it, it does. It, it sounds fucking ridiculous. I get it. It does. It sounds ridiculous. <laughs> I, I, I thought that we were past this shit. I thought that they learned. I thought that they learned from the Ewoks. I thought that they learned from Jar Jar Binks. 
I thought that they learned from, uh, you know, uh, Chewbacca's father-in-law jacking off. I thought that they, <laughs> I thought that they had learned from all these mistakes that they had made. Um, but I guess, I guess that, uh, Disney still wanted to sell some toys too. So I guess, wow. yeah, that Puffins play set is going to be a big seller next <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> you get your plushie puffin. <sighs> Oh, Maybe that I, hot item of 2017, like Hatchimals. Yeah, Ugh. Hatchimals. Uh, they give me the Hatchimals of next year. You watch. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are going to be pissed off when they don't hatch. <laughs> Is that a thing? These Hatchimals. It's true. I saw on the news. There's like a bunch of parents complaining that the Hatchimals don't hatch. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like fucking uh, Hatchimal stillborns. What the fuck is up with that? <laughs> 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 Only Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Only you would fucking go there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't no, never up. It's a tribute never to Carrie apologize. Fisher, okay? Yes, yeah, she would love that. She would love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, Brian. Never apologize. Never. All right. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I it, it, it was it entered my head and I was like, "Are you gonna say this? Fuck it, say it." <laughs> you fucking double checked yourself. <laughs> I totally did. I've been there. All right, you just ignored it. <laughs> I mean, I was like, well, "We're already talking about puffins. Fuck it, might as well." Let's run with it. Um, uh, last last thing I wanted to talk about is uh, Screen Rat had an article titled uh, "Cheer It's uh, uh, it Staff Contains a Kyber Crystal." Uh, so it's confirmed. Uh, the article says the bit of Kyber in Cheer It's Staff. So they're talking about Cheer It Imway from Rogue One. The bit of Kyber in Cheer It's Staff is never like, actually seen in the film, but its presence is confirmed by the book uh, book Star Wars Rogue One. The Ultimate Visual Guide by Pablo Hidalgo. The glowing metal end of his staff is referred to as the crystal containment lamp and contains both a sliver of kyber crystal and a battery to power the light within. The lamp is described in the book as follows. Designed as a symbolic source of inner illumination, it all, it also allows Chirrut to better gauge where the end of the staff is as he can hear both the battery and crystal harmonic. So it's confirmed that Chirrut Imwe's staff does contain a kyber crystal. And me and Frank, when we both watched the film, um, noticed that as he would fight, the staff, the end of the staff would glow. And so it made us believe that there has to be a kyber crystal in there. And then also, like, it's also one of the main reasons why Chirrut was introduced to Jin herself, when she walked by, he could sense the kyber crystal. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I noticed that too. And when they're walking towards the uh, the platform that um, Galen is on as well, like his staff is glowing in the dark. And I I thought, why does he need that? Because, you know, he's blind. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, if he can hear it, if he can hear like the, the resonance in it, that does make sense. Yeah. Yeah, I like that idea. I like that. Hey, Janine, what did you, you saw, you saw, uh, Rogue One. Yes. What'd you think of it? Uh, it's, it's a high taste it for me. 
Um, what, 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 what brought it down? What, what took it, what took it down? What took it down? There were, there were no puffins in this movie. So I want to know. (laughs) Sure. There's no puffins. (laughs) No puffins. Um, So what took it down? What took it down to a high taste it from a Tupperware for you? Uh, what took it down is that in the beginning, like the first act is very choppy. Like we jump around too much. Um, I, I was getting quite confused. Mm. Um, the second act was very good. I would call that one a solid taste it. And then the third act is a total Tupperware. So good. Um, so I, I feel like the average is a high taste it for the movie. Sure. Just because they jump around in the beginning and then the CGI Tarkin takes me out of the took me out of the movie the first time I saw it. Uh, it was very yeah. jarring. Yeah. 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 I'm not gonna argue with you there at all. Not at all. It was totally yeah. jarring. Dan, what and did I you? I only saw it in 2D, so I can only say. Uh, you, no, you watched how it, it I, in 2D. I think you watched it in the superior format. To be quite honest with you, um, because like if you had a problem with it in 2D, you really would have been fucking. Oh yeah, you would have lost your shit in 3D because it was it was <laughs> it was awful in 3D. And I don't think that this movie deserved 3D. I think like The Force Awakens had its moments in 3D mm-hmm. that were really fantastic. Like uh, when we when we saw the Star Destroyer, Dan. Do you remember that shit? Oh yeah, in the Force Awakens, hovering in front of us. Oh my god, dude! Seriously, like that thing almost invaded my asshole. Like it was like (laughs) (laughs) seriously, (laughs) like that thing was like right there. But like we didn't. Like I don't really think like the Rogue One took advantage of 3D at all. To be quite honest with you, so that was a little upsetting, but. What did you, Dan? What did you think of Rogue One? Uh, Rogue One. I give Rogue One a taste. It. Fucking shit, dude. Yeah, I know. Um, plastic Tarkin. These are the bad points. Plastic Tarkin. Yeah. Um, I really didn't rate Felicity Jones. Uh, I thought her acting was terrible. Yeah, I agree. Oh, you agree? Okay, good. I'm not alone on this. That's good. And she, I there, there were, there were, there said the same thing as well. There were a couple scenes where I felt like she did a fantastic job, but overall, I don't know if I really blame her. I, I think I blame them for, they, they kind of like chopped her, they whittled her roll down a lot in this. So, right. I don't know if I really blame her, the actress, because there were a couple scenes where I did get emotional. Um, but maybe it's for the fact that, you know, I, I'd been reading some catalyst too. So I, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> yeah. 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 No, no I, just, I found, found her incredibly like, uh, wooden and I just couldn't, it, it, nothing she did like sold it for me. So mm. basically every time that she would do a scene, it was like, I, I was like taking like 10 steps back and I could see all of the camera crew and the sound guys all filming it. It was, it was really, really weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, a, a bad, bad point aside, Vader was incredible. Me and Tom have spoken about a scene like that since we were kids Yeah, and seeing it happen. It was almost exactly what we described when we were kids. Um, but it was even slightly better, like the, the, the dark corridor and then he powers on the lightsaber and then we get to see Vader taking on just like, you know, normal troopers and like normal people yeah. as opposed to like you know like solo dueling with uh with a jedi it was unbelievable like yeah. that was it's one of my favorite scenes in any star wars movie it's ridiculous i mean my favorite scene in star wars ever is 
um, the Return of the Jedi fight between Luke and Vader, and that is a very, very close second. Yeah. But, mm. yeah, um, I, I just found some of the characters were, you know, they were quite flat, you know, quite kind of uh, like one-dimensional. I loved Cassian Andor. I thought he was amazing. That's good. And That's good. I, I I didn't like him the first time, Dan, but when I saw him on the second viewing, I really enjoyed that character quite a bit. Yeah, he's like the kind of true like gray character you know what i mean yeah like he's fighting for the side of good but you know when we get introduced to him he ends up like shooting his informant in the back right it is and I, I that just i was like what the fuck is going on that was crazy what do you think about thought, general draven though general draven general draven was the one that uh he was the one that ordered that cassian when he does come in contact with uh galen Urso, that he kill him um again just uh, just like more sort of like gray characters and like they're on the side of right but they have to right. do these horrible fucking things it is into the politics was interesting um the, as well the, the reason i'm the reason i'm bringing up uh uh draven is that now that rogue one has come out uh dave filoni uh, who is uh, in highly involved in Rebels, is now saying that some of these characters that are in Rogue One may show up in Rebels. And so mm-hmm. we might get to see General Draven show up in the Rebels TV, uh, the Rebels animated show. That would be cool. And we know cool. that we're getting Saw Gerrera in an episode of uh, Rebels this season. Oh, wow. That's crazy. true. We are getting Saw Gerrera at Rebels. Yes. Yeah, I mean, aside from like the Vader scene, um, some of the highlights. I loved Riz Ahmed as Bodhi Rook. Thank you, was, thank uh, you. He, yes, I, Bodhi was great. I that that actor. I mean, you know, he's from London and everything, and he's like a musician normally. Yes, and he just killed that fucking role. Yeah, he was incredible. And I, some people think that he's weak, and I, no. I was like, maybe they need to go see it again, but. Um, yeah, you need K2SO, you need to read laughing. you need to read Catalyst. You need to read Catalyst. Catalyst um Catalyst kind of goes over like the first meeting of like Bodie Rook and um and um Galen Urso. Oh nice. Like how yeah. they, like how they meet and stuff like that. Like these guys met and started to talk and it, it's it's really fascinating. You'll you'll look at the character completely different. So yeah, I thought he did an incredible job. Uh, he yeah. was fantastic. I love Alan Tudyk as K2SO as well. Um, the whole kind of, you know, his sense of humor and stuff started to wear a little bit thin, but the the end scene where, you know, he sacrifices himself, um, I, I was getting a little bit emotional. I thought that character was awesome. Yeah. But, you know, like, I, I'm not a big fan of Chirrutin Way and uh, Bay's. Uh, Shut the fuck up! What? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. It's, <laughs> I know, it's weird. I just don't. Uh, you I had don't me. They just seem a bit flat. No, I love Chirrut Mway and Baze Malbus. I want a whole movie of just them. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yes! I love you. I love you, Janine. I totally want that. I mean, like, when, when they're talking, like, these guys have. These guys have nothing left. They feel like they have nothing left after like the temple has been like excavated for the kyber crystals. And that's the story I want. I, I want to know because the movie alludes to this that Baze Malbus at one time was even stronger in the faith of the force 
than Chirrut Imwe himself. And oh, yes, how did he lose his faith? Like, how I did... want to know that story. Exactly. Exactly. How did he lose his faith? And so that's the story that I want to see. And, uh, it, it's, I think it's ama- I think it's amazing. I think it's an amazing story. I, th- I thought that Donnie Yen was fantastic in this oh. film. Um, I mean, he had me laughing with, yes. with with everything that he said, especially when they put the hood over him. Yes. And he's like, I am blind. Are you kidding me? Seriously, like, guys, I'm blind. <laughs> I loved great. it. Great. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Dan, you totally missed out on Baze Malvis and, and Cheered Emway, man. They were awesome. I have no problem with the guys acting. I thought they were both fantastic. I just, I, I totally agree with you. I would love to see them before because that would make the characters in Rogue One even better. But it was just like, you know, all of their story and plot and everything was all like very kind of exposition and explained and kind of one note in it. So, you know, that's, that's just me. Oh man, I loved it. I, I I absolutely loved it. I loved the way that the stormtroopers underestimated him. Like, oh, this guy's blind, and mm-hmm. then and then he just fucking kicks their asses. And then I love it when they're on Edu, uh, when they're on their way to Edu after Jedi is destroyed, and they're like, "Let's do this for Jedi. Let's do this for Jedi." And I'm just like, there is a backstory here about these guardians of the wills that we don't know about. And these guys are the last of the Guardians, and they're doing this for Jetta. And I love these guys. And Dan hates blind people. <laughs> Stinky, milky eyes. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I will say is um, one of the things which I have brought up, uh, not I have brought up, but other people have brought up, is uh, why have they got um, uh, normal guys guarding you know like the temple at Jeddah, and i have a perfect answer for that because they're, they're, people are saying like why haven't they got jedi guarding the temple right it's because all the jedi are fucking dead yeah that the jedi were hunted to extinction yeah, yeah exactly i honestly think that like i think that chirrut imwe would have been trained as a jedi but they did not let him because he's blind you think that yes i do feel that he is in some ways force sensitive i do feel he's force sensitive and i do feel hey if the jedi aren't gonna fucking train uh anakin sky if they didn't want to train anakin skywalker because he's too old for the training and the kid's fucking like 10 then they got a problem with a fucking blind guy yeah that's true okay (laughs) all right so you know that's how i feel i feel like the jedi i feel like the jedi order is a little too strict i think they need to loosen the reins a little bit Think they got a little yeah. too much control, you know? Yeah, that's oh. why I love Qui Gon so much because he doesn't give a fuck about what the council thinks. Yeah, fuck the council. That's what Jedi. That's what <laughs> Qui Gon's all about. <laughs> it was. It was cool. It was. I'll tell you what. With with Chira, it was cool seeing a, a new character who, um, uh, he you know he believes so much in you know what they refer to in the prequels as a living force. He trusts the force like and, and what it's telling him and that that showed through in the his final scene where he did the walk towards the the lever and everything i'm not I, buying I, i'm not buying any of these nice things you're saying about cheer you just you basically <laughs> you, you shit on this guy so hard I I just said that he was a bit whatever 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 i bet yeah i don't mean i bet you don't even call your fucking toilet a toilet you call it a fucking cheer 
<laughs> You're like, I'm gonna go take an, I'm gonna go take a fucking cheer it. You're so unbelievable. <laughs> uh, trying to trying to redeem yourself at this point in the game. You give more respect to the puffins than you give the cheer it in we. Fucking puffins. <laughs> fucking puffins oh, is right. No. That's gonna be the title of episode eight. Fucking puffins. Fucking puffins. <laughs> wasn't there? Wasn't there a kind of rumored title that you guys talked about? Uh, title what? Uh, like a title for the. Oh yeah, eight. it was uh, Fall of the Resistance. That was oh, a. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, somebody took a uh, picture. I think it was last year at Star Wars Celebration. Somebody said that they got a picture of a poster, and the poster was kind of like illuminated and lit up, and said "Fall of the Resistance." But um, I mean, nothing's come of that, so who knows? Yeah. Uh, did you? Uh, last thing I wanted to talk about real quick um, is: uh, Did you guys see that Adam Driver was actually hoping that for Star Wars Episode Eight that the marketing would not release any trailers at all? No, I didn't see that. No. Yeah, I, I wish I had the quote from Adam Driver. I thought I had it pulled up in my notes. Oh, yeah, here we go. He says, I think that'd be bold. I'd love it. Yeah. Then no one would know anything. The less people know, I feel like, the more exciting, the more of an event it is. So he's basically talking about no marketing campaign at all, no trailers. Um, I honestly feel like I 100% agree with Adam Driver here that – I don't feel like episode eight would have to have any trailers. I feel like people would, people would, we get it. Like I, I talked to earlier about like, yeah, Cinnabon, we know you fucking sell, you sell cinnamon buns. We know McDonald's sells hamburgers. Star Wars episode eight is going to have Star Wars in it. Like (laughs) you don't have to, you don't have to like pump it up. You don't have to hype it up. Like, you can just fucking show me like uh, 10 seconds of Star Wars Episode Eight. Give me a title. Tell me it's coming out in December, and I'm there. Yeah, man. Well, you know me. I'm a fucking massive spoiler pussy, so I'm well up for that. And it feels like the closer yeah, – oh, go ahead, Janine. No, I wouldn't mind like teaser trailers, but can we like stop with trailers that give away the whole movie? Uh, I was at the movies just last week and we saw a trailer and it was like, oh, okay, well, I don't need to see the movie now because I saw the whole movie in the trailer. So I'm down for teaser trailers and little like 30 second trailers, but definitely not like full on trailers that give away whole plot points. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I agree 100%. All right, guys. I as think long that- as the teaser trailer has puffins, though. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, Star Wars Episode Eight: Rise of the Puffins. Here we go. Let's do this. Yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. Puff it up in 2017. Let's do this. Oh. All right, guys. Hey, Janine, Dan, thank you so much for joining me. You know what? I'm gonna throw this out there. Uh, I'm not a very charitable guy most of the time, but you know what? One of the great things about the Leftover Army, like if you, if this was like, if the Leftover Army, like hold on, like if this show was the equivalent to Captain Planet, like I would be fire, Jake would be water, Frank would be uh, a fart, and then <laughs> you guys would be heart. Aww. <laughs> guys, next time, could you do that in unison? Oh, I thought we did. All right, I'll try. I, no, that was sarcasm, Dan. Um, 
fuck, I missed that one as well. Totally did. But you guys are the heart of the Leftover Army. Like, I honestly feel like this show would not be as... This show would not be what it is without listeners like Dan West, who has gone out there and recorded videos and recruited people. And also, Janine and your sister Rebecca, I mean, you have done so much for the show. Like, I cannot get on Twitter without being retweeted or having a tweet liked without one of you doing it. And it means so much to me. You have no idea what it means to me to uh, have listeners like like you, uh, Kelly Claiborne, Ty Purvis. I, I'm going to leave people out, and I'm going to feel like a, a, an asshole. Johannes. Um, God damn it. I'm like, Jacob Harmon, Jared Gafford, uh, Jimmy McKnight. I mean, there's so many people that make up like – what we do here that that are a part of this thing um and you guys are so awesome like uh i did not dude i had no fucking clue i had no fucking clue in october of 2012 when i approached jacob elliott about doing a podcast uh that that it would lead to me talking to uh janine daling and uh dan west fucking four years later had no fucking clue but here we are janine you're in new york dan you're in england what the fuck Right? Yeah, what the right? fuck indeed. <laughs> what the fuck indeed. Uh, so yeah, um, I, you guys are listeners. You are the uh, heart and soul of the show. And uh, thank you for making 2016 so fucking amazing. And Dan, you're a huge fucking part of this. You have no fucking clue. Like seriously, like you deserve like all the TVs in the world. Like, uh, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's all so true. Yeah, all our TVs uh. are belong to Dan. Like Dan, <laughs> like you know, seriously, uh, you're, you're amazing, man. Like I, like I don't tell you this enough. Like you're one of the coolest guys I've ever met. Meeting you was was amazing. I couldn't believe that. Holy shit! Here's this guy uh, that's been stalking us for like two years. No, I'm Damn kidding. Straight. Stalking is a joke. But no, here's this guy that's been <laughs> listening to us for like you've been listening to us for like at least two years by that point. And here you are, and you're hanging out with us. And dude, you fit in. Like you fit in. Like you were definitely a part of us. So, I mean, we're on <laughs> we're on my we're on Jay's porch, and uh, and I'm making we're we're talking about. <laughs> The Masconada. <laughs> <laughs> you like you broke me with that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I couldn't keep it together when he mentioned her on the show either. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I know. Oh man. It's such a oh, it's so much well, thank fun. Thank you so much for saying that, man. I really do appreciate it. And uh, like I mean, I know you say that we're all awesome, but we wouldn't fucking be here without you guys. You know, none of this would have happened if you didn't start the show. So thank you very much from me and thank you very much from the army. It's been fucking incredible and long may it continue. We'll see how long it goes, man. I'm I'm not <laughs> I'm not making any promises. <laughs> I'm not making any promises, but I'm also not making any threats. So um, we'll see how long it goes. And uh, Janine, you and Rebecca are just amazing, and um, your contributions and what you mean uh, to the show is awesome. I think it was Scott Shooty. He was talking about how your sister Rebecca is the uh, the queen. 
of what did, what did he say? Like <laughs> he said that she's the queen of the leftover army. That's right. That's right. I no. Hold on. I think both of you need to be the queens. It's, it needs to be a uh, queen squared. So oh yeah yeah. Don't listen to Scott. <laughs> no, I love Shooty. Yeah, Shooty's awesome. Shooty's a good dude. <laughs> Shooty's a good dude. But uh, yeah, I, I I put you both on that pedestal. So. Yeah, just throwing that out there. Well, if I can just say that, Dan, you know, you are like, you're like the king of the leftover army, truthfully. Um, <laughs> when you like, when I, when you like any of my posts in the leftover army page, my heart like skips a beat because I'm like, oh my God, Dan likes something that I posted. I'm <laughs> 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 serious. I am so serious. Oh my God. And, and Brian. She's like, got, no, she's got, she's got like your poster on her wall and shit. Like. <laughs> Like you're fucking like new kids on the block and shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Not that good. Okay. All right. All right. Well, Sc- maybe maybe man, maybe Scott just... Bayo. <laughs> <laughs> well, as soon as you brought up the TVs, very very quick thank you to uh Johnny, Tom, Greg, Steve, Frank, uh John Hoxby, obviously Rebecca and Janine, Jared, Dan Hunter, Kelly Claiborne, Ty Purvis, and Dave. Thank you guys so much. And and they know what I'm talking about, so that's fucking thank you. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, what a couple of days. <laughs> All right, I guys, I think this is it. Uh, I have nothing left. I have nothing left to give. Nothing left. <laughs> It's time for sleepy time. Yeah, yes, definitely I'm, for you. I'm very drunk. I didn't to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> me yesterday. All right, so we will be back. We will be back uh, next week for a proper. Well, it'll be the Tupperware, so it'll be the fourth annual. And then uh, after that, we'll be back for a regular episode. So thank you, Janine. Thank you, Dan, for joining me. And we will see you next week. You're very welcome. Thank you, Brian. Take care, Army. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and it's all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap! Good it, toss it, good it, taste it, do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, 
Toxicurity, do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, pushover, pop culture Leftovers, and with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said Leftovers, pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushover, pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers